Welcome to Aging for Beginners with Dr. Doug and Dave. Dr. Doug Wilson is a leading medical researcher who has spent the past 30 years reading every bit of research there is on ageing. He knows a thing or two about getting older, and of course he has a vested interest. He's 82 and he's in his prime. I'm Dave King. I'm a middle-aged man with terrible genes and a fear about what the future holds. Can Doug set me on the right path? Welcome to Aging for Beginners, your podcasting guide to aging beautifully. And our guide, of course, is Doug. Hello, Doug. How are you? I'm good, Dave. Sitting here on a nice sunny day in Taupo. Oh, brilliant. It's beautiful here in Christchurch. So today we're talking about something um, very close to my heart. Educanumab. I've been practicing saying it. It is the... um, world's most difficult drug to say, but it's also possibly the world's most controversial drug. So tell us all about Aducanumab, Doug. Okay, well, over the course of the last 20 or 30 years, there have been some, or even the last 50 or 60 years since I graduated in medicine, there have been multiple drugs and treatments that have come that have suddenly reversed long-term negative histories of diseases, such as leukemia, um, and I think that the consequence of this is magical new treatments have arrived for multiple diseases, but standing alone is Alzheimer's disease, one of the principal causes of dementia, where multiple attempts have been taken to find a medication that slows the disease, uh, and yet they've been unfortunately almost entirely unsuccessful. So so for other diseases, there have been sort of miracle drugs, amazing breakthroughs, Yes, and um, we've talked before about how much progress has been made on various cancers, but Alzheimer's is the stubborn one, isn't it? It is very much the stubborn one, and the condition Alzheimer's is named after Dr. Alzheimer, who first described it in 1906. He was a German physician, and he described the picture under the microscope where people's brains were getting a little smaller but there were clumps of a protein, which is called beta amyloid, scattered through the brain. And these are abnormal. They don't occur in healthy people. Uh, and so the disease has had itself linked for a long, long time to the presence of these abnormal antibodies, the beta amyloid. The hypothesis is that it is probably the beta amyloid that is deposition, which is causing Alzheimer's disease. And consequently, the logic is if you can eradicate the beta amyloid, maybe that will, in fact, reverse the disease and allow it to recover or at least arrest its progress. Now, the the world is is not entirely 100% behind the beta amyloid story. It's been chased experimentally on a number of different occasions, over 250 times in various studies with variable results. And there is the study I've mentioned in the past about uh, uh, the, the nuns. The nuns, the, 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 the nuns. And this that's study, right. So, so that's where the the beta amyloid is there, but they have no symptoms. Well, some do and some don't. So some do, some don't. Yeah. So very confusing. No beta amyloid. Some of those who had beta amyloid had no clinical symptoms of of, of dementia, and so therefore this is one of a series of of scientific observations which question to some extent the beta amyloid cause of of alzheimer's disease but anyway 
All this has become moot because a company in the United States, uh, Biogen, with a Japanese company, Isai, have for a number of years been chasing a medication to pull excess beta amyloid out of the brain, and they're doing this by infusing a treatment into patients, one hour infusion once a month, and they've followed patients for 18 months. The hypothesis, first of all, is that this infusion could grab onto and contains an antibody which can grab onto the, uh, the beta agonist in the brain, the, the beta amyloid in the brain, and then the, the, the body's clearance system, the, the garbage clearing system could get it out of the brain. And at that stage, if the hypothesis is correct, then patients should recover or at least arrest their pro progression. Now, can the I ask one, one quick question, Doug? What's an infusion? Sounds an like you're infusion, making a cup of tea. An, an infusion means a slow intravenous injection. So you right. put a cannula into a vein and then slowly oh, you run the drug treatment over the course of one hour. Yes, uh, got and it. Then once a month you, you do this. You, you proceed this with a complicated brain scan called a PET imaging, mm. positron emission tomography, and then away you go. And the uh, challenge then was that these this is a very expensive type of study to do. They The, the company ran two very large studies one of about 1,500 patients, the other of 1,600 patients in multiple countries around the world, the patients being followed for 18 months. And the objective was, could they at the end of that time demonstrate with that positron emission tomography that the beta amyloid was being reduced from the brain? And secondly, and more importantly, could they be doing this safely and could that have an effect on slowing the progression of the disease or arresting it? So these are the sim relatively simple objectives. Now we enter the world of controversy because um, in, in the middle of last year sometime, uh, early last year, the company was getting concerned about the cost of these huge studies. So they did a statistical analysis called a futility analysis. This is one that's commonly used they got together all the information they had collected from the ongoing but incomplete studies and subjected them to an analysis. And the outcome of that suggested, goodness me, we think that it looks as though this is going to be a failure of both the studies. So maybe we should stop investing and just close it out, finish off the patients who are in the study and go on our way doing something else. Mm. Uh, so that so it wasn't like, going well, in yeah, other words. It, like, it was expensive and probably not working. Looked like we're out of business. Yeah. And then a few months later, they said, hello, hello, stop everybody. Stop, 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 stopping, because it looks as though we have a positive clinical signal, which came in late. In effect, they said in the second of the two studies, the patients who had the highest dose of the, of the, of the antibody infusion appeared to have some clinical benefit. And consequently, it looks as though higher dose that we'd been treating everybody before, looked as though it was positive. And so at this stage, we're going to talk to the FDA and see if we can get this approved. Horror, horror for many people because the amount of data they had on that was very limited. So anyway, that went on. And then the FDA called what's called an advisory committee meeting. And I've been to a number of these and spoken at them. This is an opportunity for the outside world, the company and FDA 
to collectively have a look at the information that is being asked to support a drug for its approval. Now, this means that the advisory committee hearing is a group of external experts who are appointed because they have no, no tangible relationships of any sort to the FDA or to the company. They come together, both sides present information, the company presents information, the FDA presents a view, and the, the, the competitors of the company and anybody else in news media can come and listen. So right. at the end of that, it, it lasts for about a day and people vote at the end. And at the end of that, they will then ask a simple question. Was the primary evidence of the effectiveness of the drug, which has the name we mentioned before, aducanumab, for the treatment of Alzheimer's disease, was there primary evidence that there was an, an, an effect? And the answer to that was no from 10 of the 11 members and uncertain from one. But nobody voted in favour to say this was worth, worth supporting at that stage. So that seemed pretty clear. That seemed to be the end of the game. So, and these people are independent and they don't have an axe to grind. That's what it yeah. is. And, and they, yep. they look so like a jury, them. almost like a jury. It, 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 it's, it's a very, very professional and experienced jury and they've had time to look at the information in, in, in front of them. Mm. Curiously, within the FDA itself, there was some disagreements. Some of the medical people felt that this should be approved and others felt that it shouldn't be approved. And the reason why people felt it should be approved is because there is no treatment for Alzheimer's disease. And maybe here is the first signal, although soft, at least it was some progression and that's better than nothing. That was the sort of the political argument. Mm. So at this stage, mm. the, the, the controversy then suddenly emerged when, when the company was saying it was still talking with FDA and they were going to consider the information and the data and for those people who are at the advisory committee hearing, they found this was very, very strange because they'd given, mm. a, in effect, a very, very clear signal that they didn't think it was worthwhile. But the FDA mm. suddenly announced in the middle of, in early June this year, that it was going to approve the treatment. Now, mm. by this I mean this, this, the, the, they were giving the okay for the drug to be marketed, to be bought on, to, to be uh, commercially available. Mm. They said that this is a beta-directed antibody indicated for the treatment of Alzheimer's disease. The indication is approved under accelerated approval, which is a particular form of approval which has been put in place originally for cancer and HIV, where there is no other treatment available and here is there might well be a signal based on a surrogate. A surrogate is a marker that traffics with the clinical outcome of some, some, some issue and if you do the surrogate, then that might give you a clue as to what's going on underneath. Uh, if the surrogate improves, does that mean that the patient's clinical status improves? But at this stage, the, um, the uh, FDA made this extraordinary announcement against all the, the huge gathering of, of information outside the support, people saying, well, this is not going to work. And even more importantly, they based the outcome and their decision on the reduction of beta amyloid uh, within the brain, not, uh, not on the clinical data, because the clinical data was very, very marginal in one study and not in the other, and only at high dose. So at this stage, they felt on the basis of their PET imaging, the beta amyloid was removed from the brain by virtue of the treatment. And so at that stage, 
that could be considered a surrogate for some improvement or at least arresting progression of patients' Alzheimer's. Now, a number of people were horrified by this. As I mentioned mm. in the beginning, when we talked about, about the Nun study as one of a number which was suggesting that the relationship between beta amyloid and progression of the disease was not as certain as many people would like to believe. And mm. so therefore, the, the, the argument against such an approval by a number of experts were, well, in fact, you've shown that you can, and they have shown that they can reduce the amount of beta amyloid in the brain, but they haven't necessarily shown that that is accompanied consistently by clinical improvement. Mm. So there was, in fact, no particular argument why this should be so for many people. So, yep. say, so, and so how much does it cost, this drug? Because 56,000 US dollars a year. And on oh top of that, goodness. there are external costs for things such as the PET imaging, which could be probably another 10,000. Wow. So it meant that the people on the advisory committee who'd said no, which was all of them, mm. a number of those resigned and said, criticized the FDA very strongly for now being too much in the um, control of Biogen, the commercial company. And so so the, at the heart of this is a whole lot of people, um, you know, 55 million-odd people have some sort of um, Alzheimer's or dementia, a whole lot of people who would be waiting and praying for a miracle drug and watching all of this play out and thinking, have I got $56,000 US? And it's not really fair, is it? <laughs> it's it's, well, it's, it's a, like hope with a, yeah. I, I, I think that the difficulty was those people who are hoping for what you quite rightly said is a miracle were, were applauding it, even though the degree of improvement was modest and only at one dose. They felt mm. that at least this is better than something and we might as well you know, take what we've got and that can, that can have, an, have an improvement. But at this stage, the number of millions of patients which you've already mentioned, say in the United States, not only can a number of them or their insurance companies find money, the insurance companies are very, very uncertain whether the information is consistent and worth it. So some, mm. some groups like the Veterans Administration, which in fact... Um, is that organisation which looks after for a lifetime of people who've been in the military and has hospitals to boot up as they have some millions of patients, up to 20, 20 million patients under their care of, of all sorts of diseases, not just Alzheimer's or dementia. Mm. But a number of big institutions who have to commit to spending money are very leery and have backed off to some extent. But then people started to look at the real numbers. And if you looked at, say, five or six million people at 56,000 a year plus the 10,000 or 12,000 for the imaging. And suddenly the Medicare, which is the government-sponsored and financially supported system for providing drugs for people who could barely afford them in Medicare, they suddenly would realise, and for people over 65, that they'd be bankrupted. They spend about 56 billion now and if, they, if all the patients who were included in the label, which was patients of all stages of, of Alzheimer's disease, if they were all um, appropriate for, for the treatment and people were forced to do it, it would probably cost $150 or $160 billion just for this drug operation alone, let alone all the peripheral costs. 
So this was, in fact, absolutely horrifying for people when you started to put those numbers together. And then suddenly, because of this controversy, the FDA had a change of tune. So their change of tune, in fact, wasn't very much, but it was something. They decided to restrict the label to a very narrow group, in fact, of people with mild early uh, Alzheimer's disease, and that might reduce the numbers to about 20% of the uh, total number of people with, with Alzheimer's disease. So that was that's the proposition that's out there now. That's the proposition that is under is, is approved by FDA. But of course, if you want some real controversy, you get the Congress involved. And at this stage, the American Congress has got involved, in part because FDA is a curious organization. It's the FDA, it stands for the Food and Drug Agency. So it's not only all the drugs that you have, but food as well. They're responsible for food safety, radiation, and, and a host of other things. So mm. they've become involved as they are the, the group who approves drugs and said, we're not sure about, um, sorry, the, 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 they said, we'll back off a bit. So they just made it for, for people with, 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 with milder infections. But the Congress mm. said, no, we want to know what was going on between Biogen, the company, and the FDA. We don't want oh, to think there's something political. There's some underhand trading. Mm. And of mm. course, so at the moment, as according to the information as of today, the FDA, at least the, the Congress has required information from the FDA and their dialogue with Biogen. They require that information by early next month. And there are two hearings already scheduled to look to look look into this whole area. So, but but out, outside of that, we've got the circumstance now. You have the arch proponents of anything goes for Alzheimer's disease. We have to get some sort of treatment. Who are saying that this will continue to benefit Alzheimer's research because here's a uh, an example where you can have a clinical improvement. And other people are saying, but the improvement was based not on the on the minimal clinical data. The improvement was based on getting rid of the beta amyloid, and that doesn't always hold. As a, as, as a surrogate. Mm. So if you get rid mm. of the beta amyloid, that's one thing. But some people may not, in fact, um, improve at all. In fact, that's the circumstances from the study. So at the mm. moment, this is a very bizarre circumstance. There are mm. side effects because within the brain of about 20 or 30% of the patients who have the treatment, there are some little hemorrhages or little inflammation areas within the brain. Oh it's now called ARIA, amyloid-related imaging abnormalities. So whether these turn into something nasty long-term can't be insured. So as it is at the moment, it's approved. The majority of insurance companies and funders don't think the information justifies their support and paying for this. You've got the government involved, not only because of the massive amount of money that would be out there if this were to be taken on, on in a, in a, quite widely. And then you've got the Congress who said, this is an example of the FDA getting out of control. And therefore, as, as the boss of the FDA reports to the president, we need to explain this to that individual. Now, the mm -hmm. current head of the FDA is a woman I know quite well called Janet Woodcock. Mm -hmm. She, in fact, is acting commissioner of the FDA. And prior to that, she was involved in the drug side. More recently, she's been involved in the whole shooting match. So she mm -hmm. left the decisions on approval of this drug 
to those of her group who are in, 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 looked, looked after drugs for brain disease, etc. And she went along with what their recommendations were, but she didn't, in fact, get involved primarily herself. So she's being targeted by some of the congressmen who feel that she's let the side down and maybe she should go. And at the same time, if you look back at her record, an awful lot of drugs, opioids were approved under while she was at the helm of the drug part of the FDA. So that's where it's at at the moment. Oh, gosh. So what does your heart tell you or your gut, your clinical gut, that the drug just is such a long shot? Once it's been through a process, it's been through a process. I think that's, I think that's what it is, Dave. I think the situation no, it's is It's a that, real shame, um, isn't it? And, and, and everyone wants hope, don't they? They, they want they, something they, that they, works. They, they, they all want hope. And I think the circumstances, the degree of improvement is probably at best very, very, very limited and only for a mm. subgroup of, of individuals. At the yeah. same time, there is concern that the various restrictions you place on patients who enter clinical studies have limited the patient population that was included in the clinical studies to a subgroup of the population out in the real world. Mm. That being mm. so, it is very possible that the outcome from the clinical study may not be reflected in what happens in the big outside world. So Biogen have, have had to commit to another major study to try and answer some of these questions. That is the parallel reduction in the beta amyloid and the clinical uh, benefits that they suggest is going on beside. Now, they've announced yesterday or the day before that they're going to make present some new data uh, at, at, at the International Alzheimer's meeting and that this is, is, continues to reinforce their support for, for the drug but I've not seen any independent review of that. So at the moment, it's up in Limdo. I assume that my friend Janet Woodcock is unlikely to be appointed as the permanent head of FDA because of mm. this is amongst other, other sort of controversies. Mm. And I think that for countries like New Zealand, it would be an impossible drug to approve because you're approving it on the basis of, of, of this, this surrogate uh, marker of loss, loss of beta amyloid. And at the same time, if it's if it's if it's a mild mild patient, there's still plenty of them in New Zealand, and this would this would be close to bankrupting for Pharmac. It's just massive amounts of expense. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. And the big thing is, what is the next amount of evidence that they produce, or what? How credible is that evidence that they're going to produce? They're doing that soon. I, 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 take I, it. I think I think it runs 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 a bit like this, Dave. They. Um, a number of people, even those who are against the result or against the approval, have mm. said, well, because of the number of the amount of money involved, it sparked up more interest in medication for Alzheimer's disease. Mm. And money is coming into small biotech companies that have been working away in, 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 in this area for some time. A couple mm. of companies say, well, we've got clinical trials running at the moment with drugs that reduce the beta amyloid. So now we don't need to have clinical improvement because, in fact, the approval that's already gone out has approved just for the reduction of the beta amyloid. I see. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, but at the same time, other, other companies are looking at different, different issues, getting away from the um, beta amyloid. People are looking at inflammation. Maybe that now is as, an, as another cause. 
They're looking at uh, are there lessons from gene markers because we do have gene markers, including in our population here, for increased risk of Alzheimer's disease. Mm. There's a gene called APOE4, which a proportion of us have, and that increases mm. your risk of getting Alzheimer's by three or fourfold. And if mm. if you if you inherit that from both parents, then and homozygous, then under that circumstance, that increases your risk of Alzheimer's by tenfold. 10 to 12 fold. So if that is so, maybe there are ways that whatever clinical messages are driven by the by your genes, maybe there are some ways of getting involved there to do it. But it is it is an extraordinary political uh, and and commercial controversy, infighting and everything else. And I think we just sit on the periphery and wait what happens. And if more money is then as a consequence and uh, coming into the uh, dementia world, um, where, where treatment, as we all know, is so desperately needed, maybe that's mm. one good outcome that comes, even if the present um, surrogate uh, in, in indication doesn't survive. So what about COVID and the amount of money that's been sucked into that? Does that mean that research for other things like this uh, is um, sort of put on the back burner or there's less money around? I don't think so. Um, I think that these the, things run in parallel, do they? They just keep on going no matter. I, what. I, I think so. So it, mm. it in and it, it shows you the power of the big pharmaceutical companies, because with COVID, the um, the National Institutes of Health, the NIH in America, the, the biggest research medical research institute in the world, uh, has has in, with support from Congress has made money available for groups like BioNTech, the Pfizer mm. partner for uh, d- developing their their, their, their vaccine um, mm. and that they're making this money a- a- available for smaller groups and non-commercial groups or and commercial groups to assist them to race ahead with developing their own vaccine. Now, mm. people like Moderna have taken that money, so they've got s- significant support from the government. Pfizer have done something different. They've said, no, we'll do it ourselves. On the basis mm. of fact that we'll get the um, uh, would, would it be profit? Would, would that be the word that might drive mm. those, those yeah. <laughs> for sure? Yeah. So I oh, I, well, think, I, I, yeah. I don't think it's going to limit the amount of money that, that that's coming through to the uh, to the dementia world. It's it's at least as as important. Yeah. Well, if 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 you can um, solve a problem like COVID quickly, maybe we can solve a problem like dementia. But that is um, so not all bad news, and obviously one to watch, as they say, Doug. I think one to watch, and every two or three days, of course, things are coming up. So then, mm. I, should, I presume the next uh, PR side will be um, what public information Biogen presents at these next international meetings, so people can have a careful look. And secondly, what happens in the American Congress when they have some hearings into this, and what do they uncover, if anything at all? All right. Yeah, yeah. So we will keep in touch. So thank you so much for your time as ever, Doug. Thanks for explaining a tough one. Thank you, David. Edu, can you mab? I can finally say it. You've you've got got it right. Edu, can you mab is the full thing. It's now called Adhern, which is easier to say. Oh, great. Even better news. Thanks, Doug. See you, Dave. Bye-bye.